Good morning. Well, we want to say thanks to the Good News Bible Church, our family, for sending Pastor Ralph, your senior pastor of this church, along with Professor Kerwin Rodriguez and uh, Pastor Eric, to come to Liberia to conduct the second pastor's conference. As he said, it was wonderful, and uh, the pastors in Liberia are still asking me when the team is going back to Liberia to conduct another pastor's conference. So we thank you so much for everything you did. Uh, you helped sponsor the conference, and we have a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you very much. Uh, it is my very first time to be here with my wife. You know, when I was at Moody, she was then in Liberia, so I was here alone. Then a few years ago, in 2014, uh, she came over the first time, and she was spending time with our son. And I, when I came in, I was only here for a week, and one of our boys passed away in Liberia. We have to run right back. So today is the very first time for my wife to be in this congregation to worship along with us. We have been married... We have been married for 33 years, and we have uh, five beautiful children. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for uh, making it possible for us to be back home where we can share your word with other believers. We ask that you will minister to us, that we will understand and be filled so that your name will be glorified. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we all know, today is uh, Mission Sunday. And I'm grateful to the, the Board of Elders and Pastors for allowing me to speak on this Pastor's uh, Sunday. There is one thing that I think we all love with enjoy, and that is to receive good news. This church has a wonderful name, Good News Bible Church, and we all love to receive good news. Nobody here will say, I expect to hear bad news. We all love good news. There was a time in history when Jesus was born. The shepherds gave good news, received good news from the angels in heaven. And so we all love good news. There is one thing that I also know. That as missionaries go on the field to carry out the work of evangelism, discipleship, and planting churches, we have sending missionaries and we have those on the field. So those on the field sometimes come back home and they go around to talk to those that are helping them on the field. And at most times, we bring good news because people are expecting good news from the field. That's good. But today we want to meet a man called Paul, the Apostle Paul, who has been the world's greatest evangelist in Scripture. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. 
And from there, he got on fire for God. He couldn't conceal what he had experienced. And Paul began to plant churches in many parts of Asia Manor. And what Paul initially do after he plant a church, he stayed with the church for some time, nurtured the believer in the word, and then he moved on. But one thing he always liked to do, he would go back to visit those churches he had established, and then sometimes he sent other people there to find out what is going on on the mission field. And people have been bringing Paul some very great reports of what God is doing in the lives of those that have accepted Jesus. There was a time that a man called Apaparus brought good news to Paul. And Paul heard the good news and he was very much happy. But then in what he told Paul was that the church in Colossae were having some problem. They were having problem of who really Jesus is. And Paul knew that. So many times Paul received information from the field. But then in the book of Ephesus that we will be dealing with today, Paul received good news from the field. And this is what Paul did. When Paul received the good news in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 15, Paul said, when I received the good news, this is what he did. He says, since I received the good news, he gave thanks to God for what God is doing. So why was Paul giving thanks to God? He gave thanks to God because he had heard on the mission field in Ephesus that the believers in Christ Jesus were still holding on to their faith. That's good news. Paul had planted churches. He is hearing from the field that those that had come to Jesus were not leaving God, but they were holding fast to the profession of their faith. I think everyone who sent people on the field will also have such a good news. I don't know how you will feel at Good News Bible Church when missionaries come back to you and tell you, hey, Lord, we make 100 converts, but only one remain with us. The 99 have left Jesus. That would not be good news. So Paul said, I give thanks to God because the believers in Ephesus are hearing about their faith. They are still holding on to their faith and that makes me very happy. Good news. Why Ephesus? Why made Paul so happy? What about the city of Ephesus? It is a city that we have the temple of Diana the goddess that the people worship. So idol worshiping in Ephesus was the way of life. And that's where these believers are living in the midst of people that worship idols. In the first place, these believers were not Christian. They were non-believers. Paul had preached the gospel. Many of them had come to knowing Christ Jesus. But they were still living in the midst of those who worship idols. It was very easy for them to go back to their idol worshiping but then, because they have heard about Jesus, they want to live for Jesus, they were still holding on to their faith that they had professed. And Paul heard the news and he said, I'm so glad that you are still holding on to the faith. Not only that, Paul said, I'm so glad. I thank God for you because I'm hearing that you are holding on in love. 
That the believers are loving one another. They are caring for one another. They are embracing one another. They are protecting one another. The love among the people of God was growing into the highest peak among the believers in Ephesus. So Paul said, my goodness, I thank God for the believers in the, in, in the city of Ephesus that are still holding on to their faith. Not only that, but they are practicing what Jesus himself said. Remember in John chapter 13, before Jesus went to heaven, he brought the disciples together and said, I gave you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And so the people have heard from Paul that when we become believers in Christ Jesus, it is our obligation, according to scripture, to love one another. The church in Ephesus was practicing real Christian love. And Paul heard that good news. He said, I give thanks to God for you. For holding on to your faith. For being together in love as believers in Christ Jesus. So I thank God for you. Because Paul had heard good news from the mission field. Another thing that Paul did, after he had thanked God for what God is doing in the lives of the believers in Ephesus, he said, I have not stopped praying for you. I heard the good news, and since I heard the good news, I have not stopped praying for you. So why should Paul be praying for these people? They were already believers. They were saved. And Paul says, since I heard the good news, I have been praying for you. So let's see what was Paul praying for. Let's look at verse 17. Paul is praying for the believers on the field that have accepted Jesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus, in verse 17, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the earth, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us all who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So three things Paul is going to pray for. He thanked God for their faith in Christ Jesus. He already thanked God for the believers that are holding on together in love. He said, it is not enough. I am still praying for you. Since I heard the good news of what you are doing, I am praying for you. So the first thing Paul prayed for, he prayed that the people will have wisdom. He prayed for wisdom. If we want wisdom, we can't get it from any university. We get it from Jesus Christ. So Paul said, I'm praying for you for wisdom. Now why? Why is Paul praying for the church to have wisdom? So that they will be able to discern what is good and what is not good. That they will discern what is right and what is not right. Remember now, they were living in Ephesus. A warless city. A place of idol worshipping. A place that is so difficult to live the Christian life. A place that you can easily sway away from Jesus. And Paul is saying, I'm praying for you so that you will have the wisdom of God from the ball. So that you will be able to discern what is good and what is not good. I'm praying for wisdom for you. 
Number two, he's not only praying for wisdom, but he praying for the revelation of the knowledge of God. He said, I'm praying for you on the mission field that you will be able to fully understand who Jesus is. Now, wait a minute. When Paul first preached to these unbelievers, didn't he preach about Jesus? We know he did. Because it was the Jesus that people had accepted. But you see, they were already Christians. But Paul said, I'm praying for you always that you will have a revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So know more about Jesus. And that's why when we become Christian, we are not isolated. We don't get in a box and lock it up and we are dead alone. We need other people to sharpen our tools. And Paul is saying, I'm praying for you for wisdom or discernment. I'm praying for the believers on the field so that they will fully understand and know about this Jesus on a daily basis. I'm praying for you so that you will have the revelation of Jesus Christ to understand more about Jesus. It's one thing to know Jesus. It is another thing to understand about this Jesus. So Paul says, my prayer for you is continuous. So that you will fully understand the Jesus that you have come to the step. Not only that, he said, I'm praying for you so that you will have wisdom and that you will have knowledge of Jesus. I'm praying for you in verse 18 that, they, that God will open the eyes of your heart. That's strange. Uh, everybody is looking at me. I think I can see all the beautiful eyes. Here this morning. You can see mine. In fact, I double mine so that you will see it clearly. But then Paul is, Paul is saying, I'm praying for the church, the believers in Ephesus, that God will open the eyes of your heart. What does that mean? Uh, I'm not a surgeon, but I, I, I think if we have some medical people here, you don't open your heart and see any eye there. Do you see any eye? But what is Paul talking about? He said, I'm praying for the believers that had accepted Jesus. That God will open your understanding. Not just the mind, but the heart. So that you will fully understand about who the Jesus is as you have accepted Jesus. That God will open your heart to fully understand. That's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying that God will show you who Jesus is really. But I'm also praying that God will enlighten your mind, your heart. Not the physical, but the spiritual heart to be open. That is what Paul is praying for. And why? Three things are listed there. I'm praying that God will open the, your, the eyes of your understanding. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. So why should the believers have be open? And not just the physical eye. When the spiritual eyes are open, then Paul is saying that the believers, the Christians, will understand why Jesus called you. Jesus didn't just call us to just be a believer. He called us to know that there is a hope of his calling. There is a hope. 
When Jesus called you, he called you and gave you a hope. So many things that Jesus wants you to understand. The hope of eternal life, your eyes of your heart must be open to fully know and understand that when you have been saved, God gave you eternal life. Secondly, that you will know that when you leave this life that nobody wants to do, there is another life after that. It is called eternal life. And when the believer die, you are going to be resurrected. That is a hope that you will not remain in the grave. There is another hope that Paul wants these people to understand, for which the eyes of your heart will be open. The hope of heaven. Do you sometimes wonder whether you're going there or not? Do you know that you have the hope that Jesus said in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. That in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I do, I will come again. That's the promise. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will also be. That is the hope of eternal life. It is the hope of heaven. So Paul says, I want God to open the eyes of your heart as believers in the city of Ephesus so that you would know the hope of your calling. Your, your eternal life is future. You already have it. You will be resurrected. You have a future heaven to go to. Not only that, Paul said, I want God to open the eyes of your heart that you may know the glory of the riches of his inheritance in you. That you will know the glory of his inheritance. You know, I'm from Africa. And the prosperity gospel had taken over the continent. Liberia is no exception. In Liberia today, pastors are selling anointing oil for 50 United States dollars. But if you were selling anointing oil at Good News Bible Church, you're going to have 10,000 people filling the place. So nobody is talking about the inheritance in heaven anymore. They are talking about the inheritance here on earth. So Paul is saying, I'm praying for the believers that the heart of your eyes will be open for them to know the hope of their calling and to know that they have great inheritance in Jesus Christ. The biggest one is eternal life is an inheritance. Heaven is an inheritance for the church. And when we get to heaven, we shall walk on streets that are paved with gold. Heaven is our inheritance. So Paul said, I'm praying for you, for you to know this. But before you can know this, the heart of your eyes will be open. Then he also said, I'm praying for you that God will open the eyes of your heart so that you will understand the exceeding greatness of his power. Now remember now, this is the city of Ephesus. Where they had the goddess Diana. And they had all idols they worship there. And people are depending on other gods. And Paul is saying, wait a minute. There is no other god that is so great than the god that you have put your trust in. So I'm praying for you. That the eyes of your heart will be open for you to know the exceeding greatness of his power. 
Let me close on this. The exceeding greatness of his power. The power that saves you and saves me is a very great power. I think every one of us here remember where we were and who we were. How difficult it was for some people to come to knowing Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. It was the power of God that brought you on board. So Paul said, once the heart of your eyes are open, you will fully understand that it is a power that is above every power. The power to save a sinner from hell. It's a good power. Another power is the power that is going to be keeping the believers to keep holding on to his faith. It's, a, it's another power from heaven. The power of the Holy Spirit keep the believers to keep holding on to God. And the people in Ephesus, they must know. That is a power that will raise us from the dead. That is another power. So Paul is saying, since I heard the good news, I have not stopped giving thanks. The city of Monrovia and the city of Chicago share so many things in common. It is a place that is difficult to live the Christian life. All around the world, today, the church is being faced with serious problems. I don't know much about Chicago, but I know much about Liberia. Where the gospel of Christ Jesus is being watered down. You don't turn on the radio and hear about salvation anymore. When I was young in Liberia, you turn on the radio, you hear about salvation. Pastors are preaching that people should come to know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. You don't hear that anymore. The only thing you hear is you have to go, you have to get a visa to go to America. You have to get a wife. Pray for people to get wives. That is, that's a, that is the gospel they are preaching now. Praying for women to get husbands. Praying for men to get their wives. Praying for people, young people to get visa to come to America. But nobody is praying for the salvation of souls. So when you become a Christian in such a place, then there is a missionary prayer. And Paul prayed that prayer. I'm praying for the church in Ephesus to get wisdom. It is needed. So keep holding on to your faith. You need wisdom from God so that we will be able to discern what is good and what is not good for us. And Paul said, I'm also praying for you so that when you have the wisdom, you will have the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To understand more, to know more about the Jesus in whom you have believed. I'm praying for you always so that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. For you to understand more about Jesus and his holy word. Once we are offering such a prayer, then God will be doing a lot of great things on the mission field. I know as missionaries, we uh, come home. Uh, sometimes we send out, we send prayer letters, and we tell the sending missionaries and the churches that support us that, oh yes, we are doing great. Uh, that Pastor Rob just said, we had a wonderful pastor's conference. We are having another one coming up in November. And uh, I told him that the children had outnumbered, almost outnumbered the adults in our church. Uh, my wife is part of the Sunday school, and we have over 50 kids 
That's good news. We are thinking now where to place, where to put them. Because they don't fit in their room anymore. Over 50 children. And so when these great and wonderful things are happening, we thank God for that. But there is a special mission prayer. Which I turn as missionary prayer. Our prayer focus will be, I'm praying for the missionaries on the field and those that have accepted Jesus, that they will still keep their faith. In the midst of all these difficulties and all the troubles in the world, that the believers will still keep their faith. I was coming home yesterday with Brother Brenton Smith. And he told me, he said, Pastor Wilson, every Saturday, I'm praying for you, your family, the church. But I am praying every Saturday for the boy called BK. BK was a Muslim. He was the friend to my late son. And BK said, my son gave me a New Testament Bible. He was still a Muslim. And after the death of my son, BK came to accept Jesus Christ. Today... My wife and I adopted him. In fact, I left him at my house. I left him in charge. And then BK, since he came to knowing Jesus, his father is the chief imam in Liberia. And they are now on Ramadan. But BK is still holding on to his faith. So that's what concerns Paul more than any other thing. We need a magnificent church building in Liberia for Living Hope Bible Church. We need a pastor's conference. We want support. We want another room so that we will divide the children so that they will have two rooms so that they will fit in there. We need so many great things and so many great things are happening. But this is the prayer that we value most. One, that the believers in Christ Jesus will still keep their faith. That the love among them will continue. And that God will grant them wisdom to understand, to know the good from the bad. That God will give them new revelation in his word for them to understand more about who this Jesus is. And the lives that God will open the eyes of the heart of the believer. Not unbeliever now. The eyes of the heart of the believer. When it is being enlightened, then we will have a great church. Let me close on verse 17. Paul says in verse 17, Since I heard the good news, I have not stopped praying for you, that the God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Since I heard this good news, I have been calling upon the God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus. So how can all these things come into play? Is that from Pastor Wilson? The answer is a big no. Is, is it from Pastor Ralph Elmer? The answer is a big no. From Pastor Kerry? No. And Paul is saying, look, I'm going to decrease, let God increase. That the God of our Father, the God of glory, is the God I'm praying to. That, this, that he will give them the wisdom. That he will give them the understanding of Jesus. That he will open the eyes of your heart. 
And then mighty things will be happening on the mission field. Let God be with you.